March 22nd, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza and Af Yod Bet, Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the Amud downward, it's 10 lines down. It's the next Mishnah. This Mishnah will deal with, well, two concepts, both of which I think we're somewhat familiar with, the absolute details we don't need to be familiar with. One is the mitzvah of hafrashat halah. Of course, the Torah and parashat shelach tells us that uh, when a person is uh, baking or preparing dough for baking, they need to be mafrish. They need to separate from that dough in order to give to the kohen. Reshit arisotechem. That's the mitzvah. That's the halakha. Um, if a person were to take from the uh, amount of dough that's necessary to give halah and not give halah and then partake in eating from that bread, they're making a violation. That's even outside of the Mikdash. Even outside of the Mikdash, it's a question of Chutzla, it's a question about Bisman Hazeh, obviously exactly how to perform it, but once upon a time it was to be given to the Kohen, that was Hafrashat Hala. Additionally, uh, when a person were, was to slaughter from any animal, there were specific parts of that animal which were known as the matenot kehuna. They were to be given to the kohen, the zeroa, the hayayim, and the keba. Those are different parts of the animal which were, so to speak, the property of the kohen. A person needed to give them to the kohen. That's on the one hand, that's what we're really going to be dealing with in our Mishnah. It might bring up in your mind, for good reason, terumot and ma'asrot, which of course are other presents, donations, obligations that we had to Kohanim. Teruma being uh, from your field, and every year a person needed to take something from their produce and give it to the Kohen. And then, uh, well, Ma'aser Rishon is uh, to the Levi, but uh, when, when we talk about this, we talk about Terumot and Ma'asrot in uh, conjunction one with the other. Now, the Mishnah, let's next step in the introduction. The Mishnah later on, and Daf Lamidvav, the Gemara over there as well, will describe to us how on Yom Tov a person was not allowed to take Tirumot and Ma'asrot. Again, you're tithing or you're taking from your produce in order, so to speak, to make it permitted and dedicating that amount to the Kohen, to the Levi, that's not allowed to be done on Yom Tov. The Mishnah, the Gemara, doesn't explicitly tell us why. Arambam gives one of two, gives two reasons for this. It says either it's similar to Hekdesh, to sanctifying something, which is clearly forbidden on holiday. It's, uh, so to speak, it's in a certain respect, it's uh, commerce, it's changing um, ownership from one to the other, which is rabbinically prohibited. And uh, secondly, Harambam says it's nira'ah kemetaken. It's as if you're fixing something. You're not supposed to be fixing on Yom Tov. Irrespective of the reason, the first reason to change ownership is to the commerce as Understood. In other words, you're not supposed to be yeah. doing this in the, strict, in the strictest sense on Yom Tov in specific circumstances. And Terumot Ma'asrot is a, uh, is a uh, derivative of that, irrespective of that. Terumot Ma'asrot you're not allowed to take on Yom Tov. We'll deal with it when we get to Daf Lamidvav. The question with regards to uh, what we're specifically going to deal with in our Mishnah, and that's Hafrashat Hala, and that's the Matanot, the presents, the uh, donations from the animal, will be applicable here in our Mishnah. There is no prohibition about the Haramah. There is no prohibition about taking them on Yom Tov. That didn't extend. The question that we'll specifically deal with is bringing it to the Kohen on the holiday. So that'll be the interesting reality that we're going to have to test out in our Mishnah. Of course, a debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. We're already familiar with that in our Masechet. So let me just repeat again what we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with Hafrashat Hala and Haramat 
matenot keuna. There's eroa lechayayim bekeva, the parts of an animal. And then the question, not about taking it, you're allowed to take it on Yom Tov. We don't have some sort of gezera, some sort of restriction in that context. Question is specifically, can you bring it to the Kohen? That's what the Mishnah will deal with. Bet Shammai omrim, en molichin hala umatanot la Kohen biyom Tov. Ben shehurmu me'emesh, ben shehurmu me'hayom. The first statement here in the Mishnah is that of Beit Shammai, the stringent approach, and he, uh, they claim that the halakha is you're not allowed to be molich, molich milashon lalechet, to walk. You're not allowed to bring the hala or the matanot, again, the zerawa lechayayim, the keva, the portions of the animal which are to be given to the Kohen, not allowed to do so on Yom Tov, irrespective of whether you took them on Yom Tov or before Yom Tov. Emesh means yesterday. And Hayom, of course, means today. That would be the halakha. Explains Rashi. Even though you separated it today or even yesterday, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to, according to Beit Shammai, bring it to the Kohen. Rashi. Even though it's permitted to separate, the rabbis did not permit to bring it they allowed for the initial stage of permitting the dough for yourself. By extension, they had you get out of the way, the concept, the idea that you need to give those matanot, so you separated them. That was permitted, nothing more, not the giving. No, no, that's the point. You don't need to, even in hafrashat hala. The separation is sufficient for eating, and as a result, Beit Shammai says, since that's sufficient, I don't let it go further. You'll deal with that afterwards. That's right, 100%. Ubetilel matirin. Betilel say, all right, listen, we understand giving it after the holiday would be okay, but it's permitted to give on the holiday as well. Amrulahim Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai turned to Betilel in order to not prove, but to suggest a support for their opinion, which is forbidding in which they don't allow holachat hala umatanot to the Kohen on Yom Tov, gezera shava. Now this gezera shava, as Rashi writes, is lavdafka. Lavdafka means not really. In other words, gezera shava, 99% of the time that we see it presented in the Gemara, refers to when there are two words in the Torah which are either identical or very close one in nature, one to the other, and we have a tradition to link the two, and in turn, to learn laws from one case to the other. That's a classic Gezerah Shavah. It's one of the Midocha Torah Nidreshet one of the mechanisms which we have tra- traditionally, methodologically, to derive laws from the Torah. The word here is X, the word there is X as well. They are linked one to the other to learn laws from one to the next. Over here, not only are we not dealing with Pesukim, to call it a Gezerah Shavah, say this word and that word, we're dealing with rabbinic law in nature, so there's no Pesukim to begin with. We're just going to compare laws. We're going to compare Tirumah to our cases, to our cases of hafrashat hala and matanot kehuna. We understand why they're similar, as I gave in the introduction to this uh, explanation. These are all things we're given to the Kohen, uh, but it's not really that they're placed one next to the other in the Torah, and certainly this law is not mentioned in the Torah. This is all rabbinic in nature. The concept of Gezerah Shava in general is the way the rabbis understood and were teaching us, based on their tradition, to 
understand the Torah, and that is that the Torah is to be envisioned as one large canvas. It's all one context, which means to say, I have a word mentioned here, I have a word mentioned three books later, but they're linked one to the other because Peshat means everything's laid out in front of me. This is all one book with many concepts, but they're all linked one to the other. That's their vision. In turn, to use the words Gezer HaShavah over here is a similar concept in terms of methodology. What the rabbis are saying is when we have, say, Beit Shammai, a law in one context, don't assume that that stands on its own. This is not some sort of disparate, disjointed system. The rabbis kind of shot from the hips and they determined over there X and over here altogether different Y. We imagine that there's something that links one to the other. So the way we envision law systems in general, we want a certain consistency, we want a certain synthesis. So the word Gezerah Shavah here, though, fundamentally doesn't mean that we have a tradition of sorts. It doesn't mean that there's words that are linked. It means we have concepts which, Beit Shammai will suggest, are similar. Here's how it goes. Hala matanot kehuna lekohen, utruma matana la kohen. So it's the same way, hafrashat hala, and in addition to the zeroa lehayayim vekeva, what we call matanot kehuna, the portions of the animal go to the kohen. So too, teruma, of course, goes to the kohen. The Torah tells us you have to take from your field and give it to the Kohen. The same way everybody agrees you're not only not allowed to take hafrashat hala on Yom Tov, as the Mishnah tells us later on, you're furthermore not allowed to bring it to the Kohen. So too, when it comes to matanot kehuna, so too, when it comes to the hafrashat halal, comes to the zroh hayam keva, although you're allowed to take it on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to bring it to the Kohen on Yom Tov. Teruma is a reference to it in your produce, right? So your field, you have uh, grain, you have produce, that's what you need to take. Matana is with regards to the flesh of animals. You slaughtered an animal, you need to give zeroa lehayayim and kevats, portions of the animal to the koyen. So it's that different. Makes sense. that makes sense that if you can't do that, you can't do that. It makes a certain sense, Beit Shammai. Beit Hillel's response goes like this. I mean, I'll read it to you and then I'll, I'll tell it to you. It says Beit Hillel, says, Amru lahem Beit Hillel, lo, im amartem bitruma sheno zakai baharamata, tomeru bimatanot she zakai bitrumatan. Say Beit Hillel, says, listen, we understand your parallelism. We understand this is all items which are given to the Kohen. You want to build a certain synthesis and assume that they're equivalent. But ultimately speaking, there is a distinction in the first stage. Are you allowed to take terumah on Yom Tov? The answer is no, for one of two reasons, as we said in the introduction, but you're not allowed to do that. If even though you cut your field and you have it all stored in some warehouse, some storehouse, you're not allowed to now separate and give to the queen and then enjoy from that. What's that? But you could separate the matanot. You could separate the hala. If I slaughtered on Yom Tov, I could separate and say, okay, this is for the Kohen. If I uh, did hafra, if I was baking something, I could do hafrasha. So you can't really compare the cases we just mentioned to the earlier case of terumah. Terumah, every stage of it is forbidden. Over here, if you're permitting the first stage, the hafrasha, so maybe I'm allowed to give as well. You can't tell me, Beit Shammai, well, if over there it's forbidden, over here it's forbidden, over there the whole concept is forbidden. You can't eat the produce by teruma, you cannot. By hafrashat hala, you're allowed to do the hafrasha on Yom Tov. You can't give it, but you're allowed to eat from it. By the matanot kehuna, 
even if you never took any of it, it's permitted to eat. You're just mivat, you're just uh, not fulfilling the mitzvah ta'aseh. Each one of these has its own so its own loop. laws. Each one has a loophole. Each one, not terumah really. Terumah really it, needs it, to be handled. You, you can't, yeah. Why don't we worry about why don't we deal with Sorech Yom Tov for the Kohanim? All right, I mean, Imken in Nadavar Sof, then we should permit every. In other words, the understanding is there's a rabbinic decree that uh, we're hoping they handled themselves beforehand. Uh, so it goes. Anyway, that's. But listen, Beti Lel, ultimately speaking, are permitting. So I guess you couple, couple the, uh, the Surah Yom Tov of the Kohanim to their general understanding that it was never forbidden. I right, says the Gemara, let's try to deal with and break down exactly what's happening in this Mahlokit. We somewhat, uh, ironically, although it's got intricate details, we presented it uh, without some of the details that can be developed as the Gemara will uh, as we go along here. It says the Gemara, Kaselka da'atah. It uh, rose to our minds. In other words, our initial assumption with regards to reading the Mishnah went as follows. Shehurmu mehayom v'shenishhatu mehayom v'shehurmu me'emesh v'shenishhatu me'emesh. So let's repeat those words again. Shehurmu v'shenishhatu. We recognize those words. Hurmu harama means to raise up. We're referring to the hafrashat hala. Nishhatu, excuse me, Hurmu, we're talking about the Matanot Kehuna, we're talking about raising it up and dedicating it to the Kohen. Nishhatu, of course, refers to the earlier stage, and that's the slaughtering. In other words, what the Gemara now is commenting on is we were only dealing with a second or even third stage in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah talked about, when it was referring to the Haramat Matanot Kehuna, taking those portions of the animal, it never talked about the first stage. The first stage is the slaughtering. When did the slaughtering take place? In other words, to say it a little bit more sharply, did on the Yom Tob I slaughtered, and Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel are debating even though I slaughtered on Yom Tob and I raised them up, I'm not allowed to bring them to the Kohen? Or are we talking specifically about the slaughtering taking place before the holiday? In other words, our Mishnah, if you read the words, again, we'll go right back into it, doesn't distinguish, never even mentions when the Shehita took place. That, well, give it a second. At the very least, we can, we can establish it hasn't referenced it. Why should it matter, says A.B.? Well, maybe if I'm slaughtering on the holiday, so I began all the activity in producing and preparing this animal on the holiday, maybe there's added permissibility. In other words, if you could have done it before the holiday, you had already slaughtered it, all it took was separating and then bringing it to the Kohen. So the rabbis, Beit Shammai, said, oh, you should have done this before the holiday. You didn't do it before the holiday? Don't do it on the holiday. Do me a favor. Focus on, on, uh, on yourself and on God on the holiday. You should have handled that beforehand. But if the whole slaughtering took place on the holiday, maybe over there would be permitted. The Gemara says the simple reading of our Mishnah, which doesn't draw a distinction, seems to tell us it doesn't matter if he slaughtered on or, or beforehand. Read the words in the Mishnah just a second again with me. The Mishnah, if you, if you again, ten lines from the top. Listen to the next words. Ben Ben Hurmu again, Milashon Harama, to raise up. 
That's only referring to the second stage, the stage in which you're separating those parts. When did the slaughtering, the shechita, take place? The Gemara says the fact that we didn't distinguish in our Mishnah about slaughtering before on Yom Tov seems to tell us it doesn't matter. When we said it doesn't matter, Bet Shammai's words, whether you separated before the holiday or on the holiday, that you're not allowed to bring it to the Kohen, it seems by extension to tell us whether you slaughtered on the holiday or before the holiday. Again, kasal kada'atach, our assumption is, shehurmu mehayom veshenishhatu mehayom. When the Mishnah said the words, ben shehurmu, whether it was separated, raised up on the holiday, it meant, or slaughtered on the holiday, veshehurmu, and separated, and raised up, me'emesh veshenishhatu me'emesh. So too, uh, if it was yesterday, meaning, again, the most novel part for us, we're going to see this in, in the ensuing lines, is that Bet Shammai would tell us in their stringency, that even if the slaughtering took place on the holiday, it's still forbidden. Says the Gemara, Mane Matnitin. Who would the author of our Mishnah be? Lord Biose, Lord Biuda, Ela Aherim. So, what the Gemara is about to do is to cite a Beraita. And we'll see that Beraita in just a moment, uh, which records three opinions. These three opinions, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, and Aherim, each of them is explaining their tradition, their understanding of the Mahloke Bet Shamayim Bet which we read about. And if we read them carefully, we'll understand, based on the assumption we had that our Mishnah doesn't distinguish between when the slaughtering took place, we'll understand that our Mishnah will not accord with the opinion of Biyoseh, nor with Rabbi Uda, rather only with the opinion of Aherim. Now that's possible, but we'd always want our Mishnah to be a little bit more uh, open to the opinions of others. And we're going to have to be able to, this is what Gemara does very often, pinpoint who's the author in order to establish, well, what's the practice, how do we understand it, and so forth. Who are Aherim? Have great names. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. I did. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressive. I said you don't even have footnotes in your Gemara. He doesn't even. I, I, I've said it. This is my. This is what I'm paid to do. You know, he's just here voluntarily. Isn't he? Yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> all right, we got in there. Uh, the Gemara Gimal says that because of a specific thing that took place, the rabbis decided they were going to go to describe him as Aherim from then on in. They wouldn't give him his name when he's recorded in certain circumstances. Tosafot does wonder, but sometimes you have Rabbi Meir. What's the difference? There's one of two explanations. Either it's when it's Aherim, it's when he was quoting from his rab- one of his rabbis, Elisha ben Avuya. I don't think that's the greatest explanation. Irrespective of the specifics, yes, Aherim is Rabbi Meir. What are these three opinions? Ditanya, as the Beraita says here, in the first wide line, Amar Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda's explanation of the Mahlok Bechamayim Betilel, Lo Nahleku Bechamayim Betilel, Al Hamatanot Shehurmu Me'erv Yom Tob, Shemolichin Im Hamatanot Shehurmu Me'hayom, Veshenishhatu Me'hayom, Lo Nahleku Ela Laholichan Bifne Atzman. Okay, pause there. Now, a lot of these words that we just saw in the, in the Beraita, we already saw in our Mishnah. Of course, because now we have a, a, a presentation. 
you heard the debate yesterday, you attended some debate, some political debate, or some uh, rabbinic debate, you went to a Pesach uh, preparation course with uh, some rabbis, and there was a debate amongst the two rabbis, and now you and your friend are debating what took place. So all the details, all the words that were exchanged, you remember, but how do you place them? In what context? What were they specifically talking about? So that's what's taking place over here. Bet Shemaim, Bet is in the past. Now Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Achirim are debating what took place. We're going to see a lot of their words from the Mishnah, from the Mishnah repeated, just to put in the proper framework. Okay, anyway, so what's the statement over here? The statement of uh, this first opinion of Rabbi Yehuda is that Bet Shemaim, Bet both agree, even Bet Shemaim, that you may do the following, even if you slaughtered yesterday, even if you took the harama yesterday of the matanot kehuna of the hafrashat hala, you can today on the holiday, even bechamai, if there was a slaughtering today, if there was a baking today on the holiday, you can take what you what you separated today combine it with that which you separated yesterday and bring that to the Kohen. Pause for a second. There's an assumption there. The assumption is that if I slaughter today, Bechamai permit bringing it to the Kohen. That if I baked today, I prepared the dough today, Bechamai permit bringing that to the Kohen. That's not, that's not what we assumed in our Mishnah, right? Remember the words we started our Gemara with, or kasal kada'atach. We think that Beit Shammai won't distinguish between whether the full action started and ended today or not. Uh, this Beraita, the first opinion of Biudah, says, listen, you want to know what their Mahlokit is about? It's very fine and narrow. They only debate in the following situation. I slaughtered yesterday. I prepared the dough yesterday. Today, I want to bring it. I don't have anything else. I'm just, that's all I have. I have the dough. Honey, you, you prepared the halal before Shabbat? Fantastic. You have that dough still? Can I bring this on the holiday? We slaughtered the animal and we prepared it yesterday. I want to know, can I bring this stuff today, these parts of the animal today? That's it. That's when Beit Shammai disagrees with Beit Hilel. If A, um, everything was done today, everybody, even Beit Shammai, permit bringing it, the holacha. If I did some yesterday, I did some today, uh, combine them, says even Beit Shammai. You can combine it. Since the stuff today is permitted, throw in the presents from yesterday and bring it as one big donation. Beit will say that you could even do it if you did it yesterday. Say it again. Beit will say that you could even do it if you did it yesterday. That's right. Beit Hillel, uh, we don't need combination. Beit agree, even if the slaughtering was yesterday, uh, it's permitted to bring today. Even if you don't have stuff that was slaughtered today, even if the baking was done yesterday, you don't have today, you can bring it as well. But that's the mahloka. That's not what we assumed we saw in the Mishnah. What's the debate in turn? Well, we saw the debate, and it's repeated over here. Bet Shammai say, listen, we'll compare it to Terumah. Terumah, if it's taken on the holiday... Uh, scratch that. Terumah, you can't bring to the Kohen on the holiday. So too, the hafrashat, hala, and the haramat, matenot keunah, can't be brought on the holiday. To which Beti Leo says, wait a second, you're comparing things that are incomparable. When it comes to Terumah, you can't separate it on the holiday. Hafrashah, you could. That's the whole Gezerah Shavah, business repeating itself. So let's read that again. Says the Gemara, based on our assumption, our Mishnah number one will not accord with Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda, again, has a permissible side with regards to Beit Shammai, that if the action was done today, the initial action, A, that's permitted, and B, they even permit the stuff from beforehand, combining and being brought as part of a larger package on the holiday. Ditanya, says the Beraita, again, first wide line here, 
אמר רבי יהודה, לא נחלקו בית שמאי ובית הלל, בית שמאי ובית הלל, don't disagree, meaning they're in accordance, על המתנות שהורמו מערב יום טוב, even if you took before the holiday, הפרשת חלה, the parts of the animal, שמוליכין, you can bring them on the holiday, אם, if, together with, המתנות שהורמו מהיום ושנשחטו מהיום. Even that circumstance, you took it yesterday, you can even bring it today, provided that you slaughtered today, provided that you baked and prepared the dough today, and you combine those. לא נחלקו אלא, the machloket, the dispute, is specifically and only, אלא להוליכן בפני עצמן. You're bringing to the Kohen the items which were fully prepared yesterday and only yesterday. שבית שמאי אומרים אין מוליכין ובית הלל אומרים מוליכין, period. And then the continued lines, again, we're already familiar with the Gezeira Shava, as Abi said. וככה היו בית שמאי דנים. This is the way that בית שמאי judged. Here's how they dealt with this case, halachically speaking. This was their methodology. חלאו מתנות, מתנה לכהן. הפרשת חלאן, מתנות, זרוע לחייים אין כאב. the portions of the animal, that's all considered matana l'kohen, it's given as a donation, as an obligatory donation to the kohen. Utruma matana l'kohen, and so too teruma is, keshem she'en molichin et ha-teruma, kachen molichin et ha-matanot, period. Again, all these words in the ensuing lines we saw in the Mishnah, amru lahem betilel, lo, betilel says, that's not a good comparison. Im amartem bitruma she'en ozakai b'haramata, tomeru b'matanot she'zakai b'haramatan, okay, period. So that's the end of the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Based on our understanding of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda does not accord with our Mishnah. Amar Rabbi Yosef says, I have a different version, a different interpretation and tradition to what Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, the debate I heard last night. How did that really play out? What were they really dealing with and disagreeing about? Lo nechleku Bet Shammai Bet Hillel al hamatanot shemolichin. Lo nechleku ela al haterumah. You hear that? Rabbi Yosef is... fully permissive in his understanding of Bet Shammai. He says, Bet Shammai permit under all circumstances bringing, not only separating, hafrashat hala, in addition to zeroa lechayayim and kevah, the portions from the animal, it's to be given to Kohen. Everybody agrees. You're allowed to, whether it was before holiday or on holiday, the preparation began, ended, and even, all allowed to be even brought to the Kohen. What are you talking about? So what was their debate about? Well, you misunderstood their debate entirely. The debate last night, you weren't paying attention. They were only talking about terumah. That's it. Lo nechlekuela. Our Mishnah says, A.B., the words in our Mishnah are clearly not that way. This Beraitah, Rabbi Yosef, had a different tradition. There was no recording of the debate last night. So Rabbi Yosef remembered it this way, and the Mishnah remembered it differently, 100%. It's going to be very difficult to square Rabbi Yosef with the words as they're presented in our Mishnah. Straight up, that's it. They're mahlokit, specifically and only about terumah. Shebet Shammai omrim en molichin, ubet hilel omrim molichin, vekachayu bet hilel danim. Halau matanot, matana l'kohen. Utruma matana l'kohen. You understand what happened with the Gezerah Shavah this time? It's the opposite way. That's right. Betilel, use it to be permissive. Say Betilel the same way. It's permissible. Even you guys agree, Bet Shammai, in this world, in this version of things, that hafrashat hala and haramat matanot keuna can be separated and brought to the kohen. These are mitzvot min ha-Torah. The isur on Yom Tov, as at most the Midrash Banan, but all of these are mitzvot min ha-Torah, on, on everything. Terumah as well. Terumah as well is that, that Mishnah later on in Daflat Midvav. It's only the Rabbanan. Not the mitzvah, the isur, the prohibition is the Rabbanan. Everything we're dealing with here is the Rabbanan. 
Tiruma is the only item which is actually asur until given. Yes, yes. Uh, which ironically then, you know, is, but, but not so ironic because it means it's more, quote, significant. And as a result, the rabbis maybe forbade it more. Okay, in the flip uh, direction, the opposite direction, now it's betilel who are deriving a permissibility from this quasi gezer ashava, halal matanot matanala kohen. The same way hala and matanot are considered donation to the kohen, so to teruma, of course, is matanala kohen. Keshem shemolichin et matanot. The same way, even you, bitch, am I agree in this version of Rabbi Yose that you're allowed to bring hafrashat hala and the matanot to the kohen. Kach molichin et teruma. Amrulahem bechamai. Say bechamai. That's a bad comparison. Lo ima martem matanot shezakai baharamatan tomeru betruma shezakai baharamatan. Listen. Everybody, even you, Beti Leil, agree you're not allowed to separate Tirumah and Yom Tov. The question we're only debating over here is whether you're allowed to bring it to the Kohen. The Mishnah later on will tell us, and everyone's going to agree with that, that you can't separate. Well, if you can't separate, say, Beit Shammai, that already distinguishes, that already tells us that the rabbis, once upon a time, envisioned Tirumah as being more hamur, as being more severe. And therefore, say, Beit Shammai, whereas, hafrashat hala matanot kehuna, the separation can take place on the holiday. By extension, you can even bring it on the holiday. You did it before the holiday, the, the initial stages. When it comes to Tirumah, the rabbis told us it's more severe. You can't separate, and in turn, you can't bring. Yes, just. Isn't there a concept, though, that so what you're referring to is what you're referring to is is Now Davashiyesh Lamatinin specifically is not firstly that's Rashi's interpretation of it, which is fine. Rashi's interpretation is when you're dealing with something which is forbidden now. So we say that it can't become permitted even when it's uh, mixed into something else. Right? That's the idea of davar shi'eshlamatim. So you're saying just conceptually, why would we permit something now that can be done later on? Uh, yes and no. Over there, it's already forbidden. So it's an item which is forbidden. We're, saying we're not going to permit it because it could be taken care of afterwards. Over here, it's not something that's forbidden. It's a question of whether you're fulfilling your duty. Uh, I can fulfill my duty now. I can fulfill it afterwards. In other words, over there, it's forbidden. It's a question, can I permit something that's forbidden? Over here, it's a question in the first place. Did the rabbis forbid this? Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, it was, it was, uh, what... Here it's on the person. Yeah, you have to, you have to back up. Why they would not allow? Not hard. Why they would allow? Why they would allow? Uh, so we don't want to. We, we would rather people take care of that. I don't want you holding on to your sedaqah money in your chamber for throughout the year. Who knows what's going to happen to it? Take care of it now. You have responsibility. A. B. Joey Levy. Get the Kohen some stuff. Yeah. On the holiday. Why not? Ha, see, you heard that, Jeffrey? Yeah, Levy. Again, it's not a reason to permit if it's asur already. There's no isur over here. We're questioning whether the hachamim should make some gezera. That's it. But it's your responsibility. Heke. Finish it. Finish it. Deal with it. That's right. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be a stumbling block. There shouldn't be forgetfulness on your behalf. Rashi talks about a gezerah that you might not take. You might not bring it. Ultimately speaking, to the kohen. So to, to then things happen. At that point, 
how can we make it which is effectively the response of Beit Hillel and over here Beit Shammai. You can't compare these. Can't uh, we're, de- we're trying to get into the head of the rabbis and to assume for good reason that there was a consistency and a synthesis with their vision, but you can't. It's different. Lastly, says the Beraitan, you'll understand this last opinion is what we suggested, is our Mishnah. Everybody agrees, both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, that you're not allowed to, unlike that last opinion of Rabbi Yosei, you're not allowed to bring, you're not allowed to do holachata teruma on Yom Tov. Lo nechleku ela, the mahloket specifically is al hamatanot. Is on the zero ala hayan vekeva, by extension, according to most, we'll say hafrashat hala. Shebet shamay omrim, en molichin, ubet ilel omrim, molichin. That's exactly how our Mishnah seemed to have been. Lema acherim hi velo rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara for our purposes today seems to leave it as a seeming conclusion, as, as the Gemara. It seems then that our Mishnah is not Rabbi Yoseh, it's not Rabbi Yehuda, it's only Aherim. Why so? Because Rabbi Yehuda, if you recall, talked about a permissibility with regards to Bet Shammai, that if the item was slaughtered on the holiday, it's permitted. Even if it was slaughtered before the holiday, you can combine it with that which was on the holiday and it's permitted. That didn't seem to match up with the words in our Mishnah. Rabbi Yoseh seemed far from our Mishnah because Rabbi Yoseh said everything's permitted according to Beit Shammai. Whether dealt with before the holiday or on the holiday, the only mahluk it is tirumah to bring on the holiday. Then it seems that our Mishnah only accords with that last opinion, the Ahirim, the Rabbi Meir, who suggests instead that the Mahloket is whether slaughtered before or slaughtered on, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel have a dispute in that circumstance. Do you liken it to Terumah, Beit Shammai, or do you say it's more permissible than Terumah? Terumah was forbidden to take on the holiday. This is permitted to take on the holiday, and in turn it's permitted to bring as well. We'll continue with this tomorrow.